RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top stories, local officials lash out at Canada's decision to suspend its extradition treaty with Hong Kong over the new national security law. Theresa Cheng warns people against using a popular protest slogan and the United States sends two aircraft carriers to the South China Sea as the Chinese military holds drills near the disputed Chisa Islands. Local officials have blasted Canada for suspending its extradition treaty with Hong Kong. Justice Secretary Theresa Cheng says Ottawa may well have violated international law, while Security Chief John Lee accused Canada of riding roughshod over the rule of law. Jimmy Choi reports. Canada has suspended its extradition treaty with Hong Kong and halted exports of sensitive military items here due to concerns over the new national security law. The Secretary for Security, John Lee, says it needs to give a more detailed explanation of the move, saying it's riding roughshod over the rule of law. Lee told a radio program that one or two fugitives are transferred between the two places every year, all pertaining to serious crimes. Speaking on the same program, Secretary for Justice Theresa Chan also slammed the Canadian move, saying there is a good chance that the decision violates international law. Ms Chan said the suspension strikes a blow to the rule of law and added that she was disappointed by and regrets Ottawa's decision. She said if Ottawa was hoping to affect China's national security, that is an attempt to interfere in the country's internal affairs. Democratic Party lawmaker James Toll says Canada's decision reflects the depths of its concerns over the new security law. The total suspension is a very clear signal to Hong Kong government that our legal system, the independence of judiciary, is voted upon with no confidence by at least one government, that is Canadian government. That is a very serious matter. Justice Secretary Theresa Cheng has warned people not to test the new national security law by continuing to chant the popular protest slogan, Liberate Hong Kong, the revolution of our times. However, she conceded that merely chanting these words may not be enough to constitute an, of an offence. Ultimately, it will be a matter for the court to make a decision as to whether uh, the overall acts, not just the words, but also the acts of the particular defendant, amounts to an offence under the relevant sections of the national security law. So I, I think that is a, a very important thing to bear in mind. Ms Cheng also stopped short of saying anyone who uses the slogan would definitely be barred from running for public office, saying that would be up to election officials. I think it is a matter that, is, that one must separate from the national security law because the national security law is concerned with acts that is going to endanger national security. It's not concerned with other matters. And insofar as the decision of the returning officer is concerned, uh, he or she will have to look at the relevant evidence of the particular candidate and, where necessary, to ask questions in order to come to a decision based on law and evidence. The Vice Chairman of the Bar Association, Anita Yip, says the government needs to do more to train frontline police officers on how to implement the security law. I think we can see that there is some confusion as to what constitutes um, in contravention of the um, national security law. So I believe that it does appear to suggest that there is some haste in so far as the implementation is concerned. A member of the Basic Law Committee, legal scholar Albert Chen, says the new security law is like a new social contract with Beijing that will allow society to start afresh. Speaking on RTHK's Hong Kong Letter programme, Professor Chen said this new contract only requires people to refrain from violating the new offences. 
He said these requirements aren't too stringent and those willing to accept them can continue living and working safely here. He also said the one country, two systems principle had been put in jeopardy by months of anti-government protests and the central government therefore felt it needed to act to prevent Hong Kong from becoming a semi-independent political entity under the influence of Western countries. The US Navy says two American aircraft carriers are conducting exercises in the South China Sea, as China also carried out military drills that have been criticised by the Pentagon and neighbouring states. China and the United States have accused each other of stoking tension in the strategic waterway at a time of strained relations over everything from new coronavirus to trade to Hong Kong. The USS Nimitz and the USS Ronald Reagan were carrying out operations and exercises in the South China Sea to support a free and open Indo-Pacific, the Navy said in a statement. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. US President Donald Trump has condemned what he called a merciless campaign to wipe out America's history and defame its heroes in a speech to supporters to mark Independence Day. Standing under the giant sculptures of four historic presidents at Mount Rushmore, Mr Trump said angry mobs were trying to tear down the nation's most sacred monuments. The radical ideology attacking our country advances under the banner of social justice. But in truth, it would demolish both justice and society. It would transform justice into an instrument of division and vengeance. And it would turn our free and inclusive society into a place of repression, domination, and exclusion. They want to silence us, but we will not be silenced. Many in the crowd of about 7,500 people did not wear masks, even though seven states posted a record number of new COVID-19 cases on Friday. The virus has even reached Mr Trump's inner circle. US media are reporting that Kimberly Guilfoyle, a senior campaign official and the girlfriend of Donald Trump Jr., tested positive in South Dakota before attending the Mount Rushmore event. Brazil's president, Jair Bolsonaro, has diluted a law requiring the mandatory wearing of face masks in public. Several states had already instituted their own mask-wearing programmes in the world's second-worst-affected country. The BBC's Katie Watson is in Sao Paulo. Jair Bolsonaro has never cared much for masks, a health recommendation that's become highly politicised, as has much of the handling of the coronavirus crisis in Brazil. Mr Bolsonaro has argued that forcing people to wear masks in closed places such as shops and churches could lead to the violation of property rights. He also vetoed distributing masks to the poor. Last month, the judge ordered President Bolsonaro to wear a mask in public, something he's often refused to do. But the order was later rescinded by another court. Pubs, restaurants, cinemas and hairdressers in England are among the businesses being allowed to resume trading today, 15 weeks after lockdown was imposed. Dubbed Super Saturday, health experts are cautioning that there is no easy way to reopen the economy without risk. Here's the BBC's Leila Nathu. Governments weighing up the social and economic benefits of opening up against the possibility that infections increase. England's chief medical officer, Chris Whitty, said no one believed this next step was risk-free. But there is political risk too. Have ministers chosen the right moment to take the biggest step yet on the road to recovery? The government hopes it can now rely on effective testing, tracing and targeted local lockdowns if the situation begins to worsen. 
The commander of the Colombian army says he has fired 31 soldiers accused of being involved in the sexual abuse of young girls. General Eduardo Zapatero said he would use all legal means to stop the abuse. The BBC's Candice Piet reports. The men are among a group of almost 120 soldiers being investigated for similar crimes in the last four years. Announcing the dismissals, General Zapatero promised zero tolerance for sexual abuse in the ranks. The Colombian army has long denied a systematic effort to protect soldiers involved in sexual violence against minors. But cases of abuse have not stopped. Colombians were shocked last month at the details of another horrific case. Seven soldiers confessed that they'd raped a 13-year-old indigenous girl. A man who was cured of HIV has urged people with the virus and those fighting COVID-19 not to give up hope of a cure. Adam Castellejo, known as the London patient, was diagnosed with HIV in 2003 and 10 years later discovered he had advanced blood cancer. He was declared to be functionally cured after receiving a bone marrow transplant. Almost three years on, he's still in remission. He was speaking at an online international AIDS conference. Sometimes, you know, things can look so overwhelming for you, so desperate, so powerless, but have faith. Things can change and have hope. That's what I can give people. That's very important. And that's the message I can give to people. It's just don't give up hope. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Local officials lash out at Canada's decision to suspend its extradition treaty with Hong Kong over the new national security law. Theresa Cheng warns people against using a popular protest slogan. And the United States sends two aircraft carriers to the South China Sea as the Chinese military holds drills near the disputed Chisha Islands. The news from RTHK. 5, 6, 7 a.m. Radio 3. Welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, with you till 3 p.m. This week we have two musical themes on offer. First, our featured debut album from Bogota-based Afro-futurist trio Ghetto Kumbé. And a selection of hot new hits from a lot of places on the planet. As always, Giovanotti says it so well in Italian, we're still the belly button of the world. And before we get to our featured album, we go straight to our first hot new track from Nigeria-born Obong Jayar. That's one word. He's been recording a lot of hits uh, for this year. This track is his second single after God's Own Children. Both are on his full-length album, Which Way Is Forward? Obong Jayar, the track is 10K, and apparently the video has a story. A tale of lust and desire and... Obong Jayar witnesses and yearns for a life out of reach and at the end of the track and the video he seems to realize the lifestyle isn't what it seems 9 to 5, 24-7 it's 10k here's Obong Jayar from Nigeria in the mighty name of the coin I wake up every morning and I run I run Run for your life. 
white to die. Creed of color, get what you don't want. Latest track from Nigeria-born Obongjayar, one word, 10K, running for the bucks. And that's off his uh, latest full-length album called Which Way Is Forward. We go now to our featured album, our featured debut album from Ghetto Kumbe. They're a trio from uh, the Caribbean coast of Colombia based in the capital, Bogota, up in the mountains. This is their debut eponymous album, and they've got quite a story. Uh, they're a trio. They do house beats, 